turn it up. Get ready. You're tuned in to VO Buzz Weekly. Weekly. The show where aspiring voice actors, established VO pros, and curious fans alike get to meet and learn from the mega successful talent in voiceover. Hear their personal stories. Find out how they became so successful. Learn their secrets and join them at the top. And I'm Chuck Duran. Welcome to an awesome new episode of Theo Buzz Weekly. Absolutely. And you know what? I want to take a little time here because uh, I'm going to actually, this is for you. Oh. And, yeah. And the reason is because what people tell now? me all the time, they send <laughs> emails and all that stuff, and you hear it too, but I want them to know because this okay. is really, really special. Okay. And that's that. Uh, people always say, man, you guys ask so, such great questions to the guests and how do you know so much and blah, blah, and all that stuff. And even the guests write emails to us and comment on, thank you so much for, for caring about us and blah. And, and I have to say that Stacy takes so much time to look Aww. into these guests and really, really, really give you the backstory on them so that you have a much, much better understanding of where they're coming from and what it is that they're going to be sharing with you. So thank you for doing that because that's thank all you. you. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. That's very Absolutely. sweet. It's Maya. my pleasure. I appreciate that. Thank good, you. Good, 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 good. And everybody needs to know that. And the other thing is this. If you're into animation, well, then today is the show that you cannot wow. miss. We wow. have Stevie Valance on the show, voice actor, director, casting, the whole schlebang, and she is going to be giving you the inside scoop that you don't get to hear. Ever. Yes on that whole business and Amazing. what you need to do mm -hmm. to actually get in there. Yeah. All right? Make time to watch this more than once. Absolutely. it's it's full on. Absolutely. So Here let's we go. go. Our guest is coming to us from Toronto, Canada. She is a mega-talented TV, film, stage, and voice actor. She has earned the title Cartoon Queen. Mm. She is also an Emmy Award-winning voice director, an author, a jazz singer, and the creative director of the Tuned In Animation Workshops, which she does all over the place. You've got to check one out. We are so excited to get buzzed with the unstoppable and amazing Stevie Valance. Yes, Stevie Valance. How well, are welcome you? Welcome to my kitchen. <laughs> oh, you know what? I thought you were in your studio. You got an Emmy back there and a painting. I love I it. It's a beautiful my centerpiece. Emmy everywhere. That is, you just, do you carry it everywhere? Because I, I would. It everywhere, you know. Oh, when gosh. I first got the Emmy, I actually, they mailed me two by accident. I, I was going to cheat and put the second one out, but then you'd only ask me what it was for. But uh, yeah, so. The first job I ever got was Madeline, and it won an Emmy, so I didn't have a resume, so I figured I better just take my Emmy every every job interview, and I pulled it out, and that was sort oh, of stuff. Oh, that's so great. Stage, so, so cool. Well, so there she I, is again. Well, I mean, what's what I think so cool about that is you not only were the voice director, but you did the voice of Miss Clavel and Genevieve the it. dog, which is so... <laughs> yep, she was my dorky. <laughs> She, I can't help it. It's like Tourette's. You, you mentioned that name, and I have to bark. But uh, 
Uh, yeah, actually, uh, it was. It was 10 years. Um, uh, Marsha Goodman, bless her heart, gave me that gig. Uh, I was working for Deke in L.A. at the time, and she said, how do you want to you want to jump in the deep end and go up to Vancouver and voice direct this? I'm going to have a son. And uh, just will you cover, will you watch my back and go up there and direct? And so it ended up being a 10-year gig, and wow. I cast three sets of 12 little girls in two straight lines. Mm. Their voices kept changing, so they'd go from being one of the 12 little girls to being Madeline or, you know, yeah. going up. Yeah. But I stayed Clavel the whole 10, year, t 10 years, and voice directing gave me a certain edge because I... You know, I was the nun telling them, now go to bed, and that's all there is, there isn't anymore, as she would say at the end of each show. And so I was able to keep the girls in line because I was also playing the nun. And, you know, it's kind of a cool chemistry that way. Because yeah, I just, absolutely. I grew with them. I was like their mother for 10 years. So. I love yeah. it. Well, my sisters and I loved the books, and we loved the show, and um, I still do. I love Madeline. I, I I think it's it was such a beautiful story, and I loved how much she loved her dog. And every time the dog would go outside, he'd be like, it's raining, bring Genevieve in. She can't be yeah. outside. Well, there was like three books, I think. That Ludwig wrote the only three books, so there were like 70 episodes or more written in that same poetic. And it was at the time where there was like Transformers and Conan and all these action and adventure things and so it was just really straight illustration and it won an Emmy I mean it really came up as the sleeper no one thought it would because right. it wasn't really what was in you know yeah so it was wow. nice that's so cool and now you have a centerpiece for your kitchen table <laughs> and now I do yes and with my other Emmy I have you know bookends or earrings or you know <laughs> well yes and I want to mention you've been nominated multiple times too so you know yeah. you've got yeah it was kind of cool because it was my first gig, but yeah, and it was actually nominated the year before. Then we won. Then they went to uh, Radio City Music Hall the second year, and I figured, oh well, you know, I can't afford to go to El to New York again. It was, um, and so I just was up in a tree in Qualicum, and I was in Vancouver at the time. And uh, that's what you do. You go climb a tree, I guess. I'm kind of a tomboy, <laughs> yeah. and I just, my nerves, I just had to be in a tree. Came down, called my agent. He said, guess what? They're mailing you an Emmy. And it was wow. really great. It came by Federal Express. And um, <laughs> I had to see somebody. Somebody had to see me receive it. So I, I literally I didn't know anybody in the neighborhood where I was staying because I was working there just temporarily. And uh, uh, I went and knocked on the door and said, would you please come out and just see me open this box? Somebody has to see me receive this Emmy. So she tells this story to the de to this day. That is so a casual great. way to get an Emmy, yeah. That's just, that is fabulous. Well, I'm sure it is not the last. No, no, no. There are there more, are more the coming, I'm sure. I'd um, like to win an Oscar, actually, so that she can have a nice little bald uh, guy to keep her yeah. company. Exactly. <laughs> I so, can see you better now. So let's do this because, I mean, you, you, you have been doing, you've done so many things and do so many things as far as, you know, acting and voice acting and animation and all this and directing and casting and all this stuff. Can you take us back? to the beginning on how you got into the whole voiceover world of the business? Well, you know, I say jokingly at beat waiting tables while I was in L.A., and um, it was just a great ongoing supplemental career. In you know, I was an on-camera actor, and I was doing, uh, I guess, Knott's Landing. I was the bad girl before, not before Donna Mills came on the show. And I was playing Sylvie, and I broke up Kenny and Ginger. I was very young. I was like 20, 21. And, and uh, then, then I got another show um, called The Ropers. Yep. And I was sort of going back and forth between ABC and CBS. And, and uh, they, made me, they made me choose which show I, I could, because I couldn't be in conflicting networks. 
So I did the Ropers. I got influenced by wonderful people doing the three camera sitcom uh, live studio audience. Jeffrey Tambor taught me so much. Norman Fell, Audra Lindley. And I was just down in L.A., you know, hitting the pavement, waiting for gigs. And um, Marsha Goodman uh, also gave me a break saying I was auditioned at my kitchen table and uh, I just wanted to get into voiceover. I remember my commercial agent at the time, who will remain nameless, said, you'll never do very well in this. You know, you, you, you just it's we have a very specific niche of people who do animation and uh, even even voiceover. And so I literally had to go out and get the jobs on my own. And then they started receiving this kind of this this uh, commission from me. And they realized finally they better align with me because I was unstoppable as you as you described me. And I still teach my students that. I say, you know, don't don't stop. Don't be discouraged. Yeah. Go out and get the work yourself and, and and soon enough those agents will start, you know, accepting you. So that's kind of how it started. It was back in I guess the eighties. Yeah. And it wasn't really cool. It was like keep it off. I wanted to be a sex symbol. Like, you know, <laughs> Stacey, I'm sure you can relate, you know, you're Who gorgeous doesn't? and it's like, but I mean I was just always Holly Hunter, you know, and I never got to play character roles, and I and I got sort of stuck in the middle. So um, it was just a dream come true to be playing a dog and an old lady and and a, and a mom and a creature and everything. It was just a wonderful workout that I kept off my resume at the time because I still had this. I wanted to be a sex symbol thing. And then finally one day, you know, after several years, I just sort of realized I was making the most income on voiceover acting specifically for cartoons. Then I was on camera and then the Emmy happened. So I thought, okay, you know, the universe is telling me I should do this full-fledged. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then the directing thing came from doing thousands of characters and thousands of voices. I mean, I was doing Dennis the Menace, Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. um, The Popples, Lady Lovely Locks, all of those sort of original, those old time um, uh, cartoons yeah. uh, out, of, out of the valley. Well, and I love and Care Bears, of course, um, was so sweet. I love Yeah. Um, yeah, I was on the very original Care Bears, um, and I played and then recently uh, I've done all of the Care Bear movies as Share Bear. So it's kind of cool. I've got this foothold in Care Bears. I would love to direct it one day. It'd be really great. I can't believe it's been going for decades. I know. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Well, who, how can you not love those little bears? Uh, you have to. I mean, they're timeless. Yeah. So Stevie Balance is a plethora of information. You guys should be very excited right now because yes. you're going to get so much cool stuff that is going to blow your mind. Get ready right? to take but notes on your tablet Absolutely. Or your pad. And right now, Stevie, will you share with us your five golden rules? Absolutely. Um, well, I've been teaching since 95. And if I was to try to narrow down, I teach like a two-day workshop and it's like 12 hours long. And so it's kind of hard to condense it. But people always want to know, just tell me the goods, you know? Yeah. Yep. So if I was to say there are five golden rules, I would say, just starting out, that is, I would say, you know, number one is have the willingness to play. You know, that's like number one right off the top. Um, you know, read kids' books. Read children's books is a, is, a, is a great thing to do and, and play with the kids. Play with your audience. You know, they're, play in a giant sandbox like you did when you were a kid. You know, um, so definitely, you know, having a sense of the absurd, um, 
having a sense of uh, eccentricity and just playing, playfulness. Yeah. Um, the spontaneity that children, um, you know, do you want to play cowboys and Indians? Yeah, sure. Bang, bang, bang. You know, uh, yeah. we don't, you know, and which kind of brings me to uh, the next point or, or part of that, I guess, which is stinking thinking. You know, don't think so much. Um, you know, kids don't don't think. They don't think. They just say, yeah, sure, we'll play Cowboys and Indians. Right. But now as adults, we've put on all these protective layers. Yeah. And we've been told, you know, you're too loud or or don't be too big or behave yourself or be be more feminine. And, you know, I mean, uh, sit back. Don't you know, it's just like totally contrary to anything that I am naturally, but I'm very feminine and I like to act big and I like to have fun. I like to be spontaneous. So it's like great, you know, and so I get to bring that out of everybody and I really encourage people to just try not to stinking think anymore. Um, utilize, don't analyze everything about, you know, being spontaneous like a kid is. Because now as adults, when we say you want to play Cowboys and Indians, instead of going, yeah, pow, 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 we go, yeah, sure, but let me think, how does a cowboy hold his gun? You know, so there's that moment, and that ruins it. It's over at that point. So if you want to be an animation actor, you've got to be really spontaneous, really have a sense of of play. So the second point, I might have covered a few in there, but um, it's not about voice. Um... It's not about listening to your voice. That is probably the number one big thing that I notice where it starts to spiral down for people in my classes or when I'm directing is that um, an actor starts listening and judging again. And that's I'm, I can usually just say you're listening to your voice, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can just remember to just not listen to your voice and just really truly be in character, um, it's about becoming a 98-year-old man or woman. It's not doing the voice of a 98-year-old man or woman. So forget about the voice. Right. The voice will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. If I'm really playing a 98-year-old man or woman, if I'm feeling the aches and I'm feeling the no teeth or the dentures or whatever, my voice just happens. Yeah. yeah. But, if, but if I'm thinking, how does a 98-year-old voice sound? Well, maybe I'll get near it, but it'll sound like everybody else's. Right. So Mm -hmm. it really comes from the inside, from being it. So that would be number two. Feel free to interject. Beautiful. No, those are great. Okay. So I'll I'll carry on unless you want to comment. I don't just want to keep talking. You carry on, girl. We're going (laughs) to. All right. All right. So I'll just keep talking. Um, Heart and soul. It's about really good acting. It's about fine. I like to say it's the heart and soul that, that, you know, it's about good acting. Um, a lot of people think animation acting is easier somehow, you know, that you can just fake it because it's just for kids, but it's not, it's, it's about really, you know, it's just like you're auditioning for Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. You've got to, you've got to know those characters. You've got to know, um, who they like, you know, where they are. Are they in a forest? Are they in a science lab? Are they in a, is a moon out and it's a spooky night? And the more you can really see that, the more you're going to have heart and soul. You're going to connect to the truth. Um, You can't fake this medium. Uh, You can't, uh, it's not about overacting. It's about big acting. And so you've got to be connected to truth and heart and soul uh, or else it becomes fake. 
And people think it's just about being silly and being goofy, and it's not, you know. Yeah. Um, the stakes are big. This Turn the dynamics up. Uh, it's not about a three-foot fire. It's about a three-story fire. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you really see it in your third eye, if the script calls for a three-foot fire and you make it a three-story fire, then it's going to be connected to truth. It's not going to be overacting. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a little game I play with my students. Um, also being very, very physical. I'm remembering a lot more rules than five all of a sudden. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, where are they coming from? Well, there's five. One A, one B, one C. Yeah. 12 hours trying to condense it into five, <laughs> five, five rolls is hard, but being very physical. You should be sweating when, when you're done. Your core energy, even if you're not using your body, but if, you, if it's a very still part, your core energy is really yeah. vibrating. You can be really quiet, or you can be really loud, but even just to be really quiet, you're, you're, you're very intense, you're vibrating, you're sweating, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't always have to be loud. Yeah. Um, so if the character's going back to that three-foot fire versus a three-story fire, say, and you're turning the dynamics up, you're keeping it true to heart and soul, you're really seeing it. Say the, say the script says the character's across the room, so you've got to speak a little louder, and, it, and, the, and the dialogue is like, over there, and you're, oh, she's standing over there, I'm just making it up. You've got to make it like they're 300 feet, they're a football field away. They're over there! So I really see it far away, and that makes it truthful, and it makes the energy bigger, and, it, and uh, you're not overacting. So let's see. We've got have the willingness to play. It's not about voice, um, heart and soul, and uh, this work is physical. Yep. Not only is it about being physical like you're sweating, but you can't be afraid to look like a jerk. No. Yes. You have to. You know? I mean, a lot of people get, you know, sort of they want to be cool and they got their hands in their pockets and everything. And if it's somebody's <laughs> auditioning for me and they're trying to look cool inside, I'm thinking this is, well, next. Yeah. You know, yep. it's not going to work. I can't get somebody out of that, how they look. They ha- I'm a jazz singer and, and all of my photographs have me like this. I'm completely unaware of how I look. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the two kind of work together. Funnily yeah. enough, jazz yeah. singing and animation, voiceover acting. And, and it's really gotten me personally over some hurdles of caring what people think and caring about how I look and not worrying about being a sex symbol anymore. I got it a while ago, believe me. But, uh, you know, you can't look like a sex symbol and do this. Forget it. Yes. Um, you know, and, and that is so liberating. Yeah. And just, it's like the best therapy you could ever do when you're really doing it. Um, so anyway, my jazz singer pictures and my animation pictures look very similar. <laughs> That's and, cool. Uh, That's cool, Steve. I love. Yeah. It. So I mean, I'm 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 directing um, right now the second season of Wild Grinders, and it, I've just got this fantastic group, this cast in in LA uh, for Nicktoons, and um, you know we sometimes have the athletes come in and they're just amazing the real athletes but they're not actors mm-hmm. and so the first thing you know there'll be lots of walla because it's about rob deerdeck you know he's the star and he's this guru skateboarder yeah. and um he's he's over this 104 episodes into this he knows what i mean when i say you know you've got to use your body 
And so same with the athletes that come in. They're kind of used to looking cooler, let's say, because mm -hmm. when the camera's on them. But they've got to get their hands out of their pockets. They've got to be going, whoa, whoa, you know, and yeah. whoa, you know, full out, 150% energy in order to have the result of that sound. You can't fake it. Nope, you're so, absolutely right. There's Amazing. a whole bunch of points for you. Yeah, Willingness absolutely. to play, listening to the sound of your voice, have heart and soul, which is good acting. Um, here's another one. It's all in the read. Do you know what read is? Is this an acronym for something? Yeah, well, if somebody says, like, you give good read or give good read, what would I mean, do you think? Good storytelling. And, yeah, and, and that's exactly right. It's not being able to tell that you're reading when you give uh -huh. good read. Mm -hmm. So um, a great way to practice and find out maybe if you really want to do this, if you're just starting out and you go, oh, yeah, there's great money in this and, oh, it'll be fun to entertain a bunch of kids and be goofy. Well, let me tell you, it's more than that. So start by picking up a children's book and, as you say, storytelling to a child. If you can keep a child riveted, mm -hmm. you know, a child is a very honest audience. They'll be outdoor playing ball within you know three <laughs> minutes if you're reading to them if you're not giving good read if you're just reading it to them they'll be out playing baseball mm -hmm. yeah. but if you're giving good read and you're intensely energetic and you're playing the witch <laughs> the monster and you're you're playing the dog and you're playing the all three bears and you're playing the mom and you're you know and a macho man is playing a, a, a furry little girl you know full yeah. out and um and, uh, and same with a macho woman, you know, not just macho man, but any kind of anybody who auditions for me who's macho, I just have to say next because I can't shake them out of that. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's like so. So you've got to be able to play all the characters and storytell, you know, not sound like you're reading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so a great place to practice is with kids and just picking up a children's book. You know, don't get arrested by doing it in a park, but <laughs> it's a great thing to do. Go to a children's park. Ask the mother's permission. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't want to you you be reading to, like, uh, other yeah. people's kids without asking the parents. Yeah. Yeah, I know some of my students have said, you know, that was kind of weird. I, I had, but you know, so so go to a library if you don't have kids of your own, or just read to your friends' kids. They'll love you. Mm -hmm. But um, that is just the best place to to try it out, you know. And if you have any inhibitions about playing all those characters, or if you're if you're not doing it at one hundred and fifty percent energy, yeah. um, you know, that's that. Then the kids will be bored, and you know, you can't do this. So yeah, that's a absolutely. great place right. to test it out. Yeah. Wow. Well, those so, are. Those are great. Amazing. I, I love it. Absolutely, man. I'm just like sitting here going, <laughs> filing away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of auditions, I mean, you are in, you, you wear so many different hats, which I think is so cool. I think it gives you such a unique perspective as a talent, as a casting director, as a voice director. When you're casting, what really pops out for you in auditions and what works against a talent in auditions? Um, okay, well, just off the top of my head, um, I really want to hire an actor who has a strong sense of visualization. I can tell if they see it if I see it. Mm -hmm. If they don't see it, we can't see it. Uh, somebody who's not afraid to be unsafe, who's not afraid to take risks 
And there's a wonderful saying, is it Marianne Williamson or somebody who says, isn't it riskier not to risk? Mm -hmm. That is so true when it comes to animation acting. You have to be somebody who enjoys risking, enjoys the, um, I, I think the brilliance, you have to be brilliant in order to do this. Not good, not great, but brilliant. And I think the brilliance comes from not being afraid to risk making a mistake. Because that's, it's not about making the mistake. It's not being, it's being, it's about being not afraid to make the mistake and to fall on your ass because within that, me as a director will go, oh yeah, 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 let's go with that. Mm -hmm. You know, let's go with that edge. Let's go with that mistake you did and make that funny little Tourette'sy thing you did part of the character. Now, yeah. You yes. Know? And because you you got unconscious and you weren't safe and you were willing to take a risk and be out of your body in a way, it's like mm -hmm. an out of body experience. And uh, then, then that's how we find something organic and original and brilliant. So I look for people who aren't afraid to risk, who aren't inhibited, who aren't asking me how do I do it, but they're showing me how it's done. Mm -hmm. Because the difference between on camera, I think, and, and, and animation acting is that, at least from my perspective, when I have auditioned, when I've worn the actor hat in my past, I always wanted to please the producers. What do you want? What do you want me to be? And then I'd try to be it. In fact, my agent would really screw me up when, when they would say, you know, just be yourself, yeah. you know, when the outline, you know, and it's like, what's that? I mean, I was really messed up. I mean, I didn't know how to be myself, you know, and so, so you've got to be willing to, um, you know, just take a chance, fall on your butt, um, uh, you know, ha be loose, be lucid. Be willing, you know, the producers, your, your earphones will go off and we're talking behind the glass and, and, and then, you know, we want to take it in a different direction. This is the second thing I think that I look for is being able to take direction, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, a lot of actors will rehearse it too much, you know, not a lot, but a few will, will come in and they'll have worked it out and they'll have all their choices and they'll hear it like a melody, like a song. And I just can't get them to shake it. So that's something that really ends an audition quickly. And we just kind of very politely go, thanks very much. Next, you know, because we have to be able to take it over here and over here. Um, thing that just happened not too long ago. I was auditioning for, uh, I guess it was, actually it was probably about, maybe it was about two years ago because I haven't auditioned in a while. It feels like just yesterday, but it was for the part of a, a Scottish robot dog that spoke. And I had studied my creme de la creme, Miss Jean Brodie, and I had a signature phrase that makes me do the Scottish ruff, ruff. And I was entertaining them. And all of a sudden, the director came on and said to me, because I was acting then, and said, you know, can you, we just love what you did. It was so great. We just love it. And I thought, oh, I got this part. You know, I'm just, I really ace it. And they said, can you go Yiddish? You know? Oh, no. And it was like, whoa, you know, I had it all worked out. Well, I had to take a couple of seconds and go out and call somebody and my my Jewish friends and get the lilt down in the cadence. <laughs> but, you know, you, I, I have to be able to let go and do it is the yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if you've got an actor, and this happens again and again, where they've got it so stuck, they're not listening to me, they feel a little bit threatened because I've told them they almost maybe feel, I don't know, <clears throat> I'm not their therapist, but sometimes I think they think I'm trying to trick them. Yeah. into being mm -hmm. foolish 
or or screw them up or something. Or do you find that, actually, that that if you give a redirection, then they they may say they may think, oh, that means you didn't like what I did. When actually, it's yeah. just you want to see the range and the options, and maybe you're just saying, oh, this is someone that we like, and maybe let's see what else they can yeah. do. So it's not. I mean, like you said earlier, you can't take things personally. Absolutely. Do not personalize the direction. Just forget about it. There isn't time, you know? There isn't time to yeah. personalize it. Yeah. It's like jazz singing. You make a mistake, just forget about it and make the mistake again. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's then it's not a mistake yeah. anymore. Then it's a genius. Yeah. Then you're a That's genius. Right. <laughs> then you got it. That's then you're it. a rock musician. I meant to do that 14 <laughs> times. <laughs> then you've created something. But yeah. don't throw the baby out with the bathwater when you get direction. Yeah. Stay focused. Don't suddenly start doing your stand-up comedy act and try to entertain the room and pop in and out of character. Mm -hmm. Stay in character. Stay focused. Let the director program you. You know, lose the Scottish, plug in the Yiddish. You know, yeah. and, and then keep everything else the same. So you kind of become a computer. You kind of, you know, and... and um, and it's like if you get too much, sometimes you just got to shake out and start over again. Right, right, right. But but don't 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 as you're in the middle of between take one and take two and take three, pop into being you and entertaining the room. It's a complete waste of time. Yeah. First of all, your mic's off, so chances are nobody even hears you. So it's just so much better just to stay focused, stay cool, mm -hmm. t take take it verbatim what your director says. They're on your side. They're trying to make you look good. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to keep their job. So you make them look good if you can just stay focused with yes. them. Another thing is that I'll notice is sometimes, um, you know, and, and I, I, I mean, I know because I've been in the actor's shoes. Yes. And, and I really, I really empathized. I, I think that's why I'm a good voice director um, mm. because I really, I really do. I'm the, I am the conduit. Don't try to go over my head is where I was going to go with this to the producers in the room. Right. You know, yeah. they, they don't have a lot of respect for that. And, and it, like I'm telling you inside stuff that maybe you just don't know. Is, and I didn't know it when I was wearing the, the, the voice actor hat. You know, I just kind of I kind of thought if I got the producers to like me, you know. But what happens is that the, the earphones go off. You're in silence and they're saying, hey that they didn't take your direction or we noticed that they had an agenda of their own or that mm -hmm. sometimes they will get me to do things just to see if the person's loose enough to tr drop what they had before and go with it, you know? Right, wow. right. So be really available, really lucid. It is the most fantastic, refreshing way of acting ever. Um, you know, it's like, it's spontaneous. That, you don't true. have the four weeks to work up a character like you do with, right. with a play. Right. You know, you've got your five minutes. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, That's great, man. Well, here's the question. I mean, so many times you do not get to be in the room with you and the producers. It's, it's, a, it's an MP3 that you hear. So what kind of, you know, how long do you listen? Do you just go through the slate? Do you just even, you know, that's, I think that's always the age old question that, that mystery of, do I get listened to? And obviously there's all the different, the producers list, the celebrity list, there's all those things that are, you can't control and you just can't even begin to conceptualize because yeah. you make yourself crazy. But what is it that you, when you get that MP3, what keeps you listening? Do you listen to the whole thing? Do you pop to the end, wait for the, the scene change? Um, what, what's your feeling? Okay, about? well, I'll, I'll be really honest. 
uh, you're asking really great questions. Uh, I can, I, I, you're asking it honestly because you've obviously auditioned. It is, it is like you don't pop to the end, okay? Pretty much, I don't have time, so mm-hmm. it's pretty much got to be there in the first three words, okay? Wow. So get, yes. get your pre-life together. Get your pre-life. Get what happened before you even start talking, so that it's like a horse race. Mm-hmm. The first step's most important. You know, your first three words. If you, if you don't have it in the, I can tell in the first sentence now, I sound so jaded, but uh, I, I don't have time, yeah. you know, um, and uh, that's different from a demo. I'm talking, you're asking me about MP3 auditions yep. yes. where I've got, I've got a hundred or 300 people per character. I have to narrow it down so that my producers only get five per role yeah. right. when, when I've listened to 300 per role. Mm. So that's kind of, I, I don't do the final choice, the network and the producers do, but when I want to present what, what makes me a good casting director. And, and so, you know, I like to get that, when I, what I teach is to get the pre-life going. So, so if you know that they're out of breath, get yourself running before you open your mouth so that you really grab them right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they'll listen to the whole thing. Now, if we like the actor, if I like who it is, and we're like at the final call backstage, then we'll listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is like just me. And I have a feeling I'm talking for other people as well, I'm just sure. because I know yeah. how little time there is, you yeah. know. But um, I wouldn't listen to the whole thing for everybody who of th- 300 per role that come right, in, MP3 right, yeah. auditions. And, and we are getting that, that kind of submission mm-hmm. now, you know, especially because a lot of it's union and non-union and all that stuff now. So there's wow. like a lot of people right online are sending stuff and yeah. it's just, you know, it's not necessarily through the agents because non-union people can always become union. So we, right. we, I like to find fresh people. I'm going all over the place, but producers tell no. me all the time, we don't want to hear the same voices, mm-hmm. you know? No, no. No, you don't. That's it's awesome. unfortunate that it is narrowed down. To yeah, the same, you know that wonderful saying: people who work a lot work a lot because they work a lot. Yep. Well, it's kind of true, but the but actually also true is that they really want that not to be true. The producers really do want to hear some new people and get mm-hmm. some juicy energy, new energy, new organics. I like to cast new timers and old timers together so they influence each other you know sure. sandwich the newcomers in between between yeah. the old comers that's a really nice yeah. yep. combination but um real quickly in regards to to the demo because you mentioned it just a second ago about the demo what about the demo what what do you what do you want to hear in that demo to get you to capture your attention well i'd like to hear um a variety of completely different sounding people so that you cannot tell it's the same person right okay so that's really cool. I like to hear some nice background sound effects and music, I, I, just in terms of quality of a demo. Sure. Um, but I would much rather do, I don't really care about the sound effects as much. It doesn't need to be overly produced or overly fancy. Right. Um, I just want to hear good acting. I want to hear that, that I can't hear it's the same person because I'm always looking for my producers now. Uh, I've learned that, you know, we can get them for half price or even nothing uh, if for the second and third and fourth characters. So mm-hmm. I want to find multi-voiced characters. It's for kids. They're probably going to only play themselves and maybe maybe an animal or something. But for the adults, I think a definition of a voiceover cartoon, pardon me, voiceover actor, yeah. an animation voiceover actor, which is I think a different medium altogether than a mm-hmm. than a commercial voiceover Absolutely actor. Yeah. I don't even know why they're under the same umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should be called character actors, but um, definition is to have 
uh, a multi to be multi-voiced, to have a repertoire of a completely wonderful range where you can play all kinds of accents, all kinds of speech impediments. You know the heart and soul, um, and you can take direction really well, and you have a great attitude. That is 50% of it. Qualify that as far as attitude towards the process, towards yourself. What do you What do you mean by that? I like them to kiss my butt. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, turn around. Ready, turn. No, no. This, this will be, be be a different show. Don't turn around. <laughs> it is the internet. Um, <laughs> you Canadians, you're wild up there. Yeah. Well, you know, I have an exercise where I do that in class. I get I get to a certain point in my class. I'm giving this away now, and I have somebody stand up and volunteer, and I say, "Could you turn around? We're going to start the business." I have them bend over, and I kiss their butt. That's all you need to know. But um, you know, I, I, I'm being facetious. But in but in a way, you know, it's really if I, if I've got two people and one of them, if I've got you, Stacy, and I've got another girl, and you're both fantastically talented, and you're in the final callback, and one of you just isn't in a good mood, something happened to you that day. Who am I going to hire? You know, um, I'm going to hire the person who I can party with for the next yeah. year. Yeah. You know, um, so it's just human nature to have a really great attitude, to be lucid, to be available again, to be happy about what you do. Um, you know, one of the exercises you've probably seen me do a lot uh, on YouTube is the wonderful laugh exercise, which yes, is just derivative. It's awesome. You know, it's not mine. I mean, I got it from the Groundlings or one of these uh, Second City or some improv. That is the training, by the way. I have Absolutely. To tell you. Yes. So, so go to take acting class purely for the environment of being nervous, standing up and falling on your ass. Nobody mm -hmm. needs to know that you're doing it for animation. Just, just, just to be, if there isn't an improv class that you can take, but if you can just do improv, uh, it, you'll practice being spontaneous. It'll, it'll help you being p completely physical as an old lady. You know, you're, you're, you're completely embodying the character. The only yeah. difference is you don't whack the mic in front of you. Other than that, you're throwing things, you're lifting things, you're doing all of the actions. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Uh -huh. Well, that is all we have for part one with Stevie Balance, but the good news is we're gonna be back next week with part two. And how amazing is she? Crazy. How amazing is she? Crazy. Seriously, reach out to her on social media, tell her she is such an amazing asset she to our is. business. She is. Beautiful human being. Anyway, keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at VOBuzzWeekly. We love you guys. Thanks for watching. And just remember, you, you always, always have, have time, time for a little buzz. buzz. Don't just listen to VO Buzz Weekly. Watch the show in stunning HD video at VOBuzzWeekly.com on their YouTube channel or on the app. VO Buzz Weekly is sponsored by Chuck Duran's Demos That Rock. Rock. The voiceover demo producer to the stars is now available to you. Visit DemosThatRock.com and take your voiceover career to the next level. See you next time. And remember, you always have time for a little buzz.